What's up, Equity Family? It's Alex. It's Saturday. Uh, we're very excited to bring you a Twitter space from earlier in the week. Natasha and I dug into Alphabet and PayPal earnings. We had an absolute blast. There was so much to dig into. However, since then, some more companies have reported earnings, and I want to make sure that you have that information as well. So a quick run through and then the show. So aside from Alphabet and aside from PayPal, who else dropped earnings this week that really stood out to us? Well, three companies, Amazon, Facebook, aka Meta, and Snap, the parent company of Snapchat. Now, Amazon's quarter can really be summarized essentially in the lens of its AWS division. AWS is Amazon Web Services, it's public cloud, and it absolutely crushed Q4. It just had a fantastic period, it grew more than expected, it generated all the company's operating profit, and frankly, it was just a downright dynamo for the Seattle-based company. It was just amazing. So well done to Amazon, share prices up, and certainly its place at the top of the public cloud pyramid is secure, at least for now. Then there was Meta, aka Facebook, aka Horizons VR or whatever the hell it's called these days. It had a pretty bad quarter. It had a terrible quarter. It had a quarter so bad, it lost more value the day after it dropped earnings than any company has in the history of the stock market. Several hundred billion dollars in deleted value. What happened? Well, some user growth numbers turned negative. The company had higher than expected expenses. It turns out that building the metaverse is really, really hard. And the company's guidance wasn't great. So essentially, the company missed across a number of metrics that really spooked investors who then dropped the stock like a hot potato. And finally, Snap, parent company of Snapchat, the popular social network that has been always kind of like out there next to Twitter and Facebook, but never quite as big as the other players in the social space. Well, I'll just say this. Snap turned in its first ever quarter of gap net income, which is real profit. The company is actually finally profitable as of Q4. Now, I don't expect it to pull that off every single quarter, but it does show that after a long run as a public company and occasionally really being treated like the kickback of the investing world, Snap's pulled it off. They are now entirely self-sufficient and the world is their oyster. Shares were up something like 40% the day after earnings. Well done, Snap. And with all of that in one hand, let's do a show. Hello and welcome back to Equity, a podcast about the business of startups where we unpack the numbers and nuance behind the headlines. I'm Natasha Mascarenas and this is an Equity Shot. It's been a while since we've done one of these and I brought on the lovely Alex Wilhelm, who's going to be talking us through PayPal and Alphabet earnings and what they mean for startups. Hell yeah, this is fun. Oh, uh, we used to do a lot of these, but then we actually added kind of like another show to the schedule and then we stopped doing them, but we're bringing them back because... Uh, we like podcasting as we were saying a little bit earlier when we were just vamping, like this is fundamentally the funnest part of, uh, of my job. So here we are again. And if this is your first time joining us for a shot, I mean, I feel we should both swing at like what this really is. It's just kind of a time where the equity crew comes online, does something live because it's so, because the news event was so exciting. We just kind of wanted to unpack live. Yeah. What else did I miss Alex? Well, I mean, the historical precedent for this is w way back in the depths of time, there was a period in which Amazon bought Whole Foods. And by now that's like, you know, essentially back with like the pyramids and like the fall of the Mayan civilization. <laughs> but at the time it was a big deal. And so we just jumped on the podcast. I think it was actually John Schieber who helped us do that one. And uh, we turned it into a thing. So here we are to react and discuss and dig into two kind of like tectonic uh, happenings from the week that we think are illustrative for the broader startup world. Perfect. I mean, so let's start off with um, the more interesting earnings report 
it, because I'm just cynical and tired is PayPal. So PayPal cut about 25% of its worth, at least last time I checked after a not so great earnings report. And Alex, I thought maybe you could start by telling us what was, you know, why are you paying attention to PayPal in general? And what does the write-off um, really tell us at this moment? Yeah. So what's really fun about PayPal is that it's a public company. And so what that means is we get a lot more information about its financial performance. And so when we think about the the fintech world in the startup sense, we're often talking to companies who won't tell us much. They won't tell us their total payment volume or TPV. They won't really tell us their active user numbers. They won't tell us the hardcore data that really helps us understand their performance and more so the market in which they're competing. And that's where public fintech companies come in. They have to detail all that information. And so they give us a window into the health of the fintech market from a couple of different perspectives, depending on the company, consumer, business to business, whatever it is. And so we can effectively learn what the uh, the temperature of the water in which these startups are swimming is. And that helps us with that what's going on. As someone like me who doesn't pay too much attention to the public markets, I, I do like always wonder how much one company over another has like the reputation of setting the agenda for startups. Like the same way, I guess, a, a fallen Casper was not emblematic of all D2C companies disappearing overnight. Like how much are you paying? How much are you weighing PayPal and its earnings for consumer fintech right now? Well, I think PayPal is actually pretty big. Like, for example, Robinhood, now public, if it says that their monthly actives are going down, crypto trading revenues are flat to down and everything else is kind of flat, that does probably tell us about the consumer appetite for trading platforms because Robinhood has an enormous consumer market share and now we have data. I feel the same way about PayPal, Natasha. Like PayPal yeah. has Venmo, it has uh, it bought Payday over in Japan. It has a lot of products that touch a lot of people. So it has a pretty good wide footprint. And I think that's why it's a trendsetter. And, and frankly, it's a very valuable company or, you know, it, it was. Um, the I can't hear you. The company Alex. has certainly lost ground. Okay. Um, sorry. You're good my, now. It's, it's that moment on the equity shot in which I remembered that I need to put my phone on D&D because my spouse will oh, shit, 100% okay. of the time call me. The moment I get on a Twitter space, I adore her. Her timing, impeccable. Um, <laughs> okay, back to what you As a data saying. point, PayPal is currently worth about $156 billion even after its declines today. So after losing a quarter of its value, it's still worth over $150 billion, which goes to so its, its, its size, its value, and why it's important. Okay, lovely. So let's walk through the top line numbers from yesterday's earnings report. My metric or, or takeaway that I saw was that it's only anticipating a 6% revenue growth in the current quarter. What other numbers and kind of changes are you looking at right now? Yeah, I'll walk people through a couple of things and I'll keep this pretty light so I don't just like snow you in in a blizzard of acronyms, but you know, maybe a light dusting, if you will. So in the fourth quarter, PayPal's total payment volume or TPV rose to $339.5 billion up 23%. That's the more important number. The company's revenues were 6.9 billion up 13%. That's the more important number than the dollar amount. But looking ahead, as Natasha said, the company only expects to grow by 6% in Q1 on a year-over-year basis, and essentially for the whole year at about 15 to 17%. So the company is, is, is essentially saying, we are going to grow much more slowly this year than the year before. And for investors who valued PayPal more like a growth stock than a mature fintech, this was a bit of a shock. Yeah, I think the surprise there was actually a line you used in your piece from this morning, which was that PayPal has given back effectively all of the valuation gains it saw during COVID. And like you just said, it, it, it does that mean that we're going to see PayPal go, you know, be 
recorrected like we talked about last week or is this actual bad news like I'm, I'm trying to understand if it's more like a, a fall from grace or just like a correction well I, I depends on what happens next I think if it loses more value it'll be both uh, I think currently we're trying to decide which one it is as a data point though for everyone who doesn't track the stuff too closely because you have a life and and friends and hobbies. Um, <laughs> PayPal was trading up to about one hundred and twenty dollars a share in kind of the February twenty twenty timeframe. So right before in the U.S. we had our first COVID lockdowns, the market meltdown, and all the panic that led to later on that year quite an explosion in the value of tech companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so about one hundred and twenty pre COVID, the company went up to over three hundred dollars per share in the middle of last year, and today it's worth one hundred and thirty two. So it really, it has given back uh, more than 50% of its of its aggregate market cap at the peak, but is now back to within about 10, 12 bucks of where it was pre-pandemic, which is kind of insane because it's a much larger company now because it had a couple of years of very impressive growth. And yet investors are saying, eh, and my read about this for startups, Natasha, our kind of core topic is that the, 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 uh, tailwind, if you will, that was pushing a lot of these companies forward has receded back to either where it was before or actually a little bit less. And that's probably bad news for the consumer fintech world out there that has raised so much money in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, as you're saying, like just to remind everyone on the kind of money that's going into fintech right now, we recently had a piece on TC plus that Um, that basically confirmed all we see on Twitter. So in 2021, global fintech funding jumped to a new record of 131.5 billion (laughs) across 5,000, about 5,000 deals. And that compares to 49 billion across 2,500 deals. Um, and, and, and in, in more human words, fintech was getting one of every $5. And so if we're seeing this as like a negative data point, maybe we will see that one in every $5 kind of get distributed across other sectors again. Yeah, maybe. But also venture capitalists have never had more money to put to work. And they really do like fintech because often it produces outsized successes. Like before Robinhood fell apart, it's a public company. It was a pretty big smashing hit. And before Coinbase fell down far below its uh, direct listing reference price, it was crushing it, you know? So there can be very powerful exits because where there is money in motion, there is money to be made. And fintech is all about moving that money around. Um, I'll just say this though, the valuation point does matter. Like, so we're talking about, you know, is PayPal gonna add as many new accounts as investors expected next year or this year? Eh, kind of whatever. But the, the rapid decline in the value of PayPal's stock, I think is a pretty hard thing for startups to kind of surpass or supersede. Because now okay. their, their comps have lost half their value or more. And that's tough. Because you wanna tell investors, look, if you give us a dollar now, we're gonna go public in three years and give you $4 back. But if it's actually, give us a dollar now and in four years we'll give you a dollar and 10 cents back. I'd rather put that in the S&P 500. Yeah, it's definitely a less, less dramatic growth story and one that we've, you know, we talked about two weeks ago with um, Mary from Bessemer, which is like she kind of went on the record to say that she's rethinking the valuations she's giving these companies. And so I won't be surprised if we see a little bit of like tightening there. Um, but there was one other part of the PayPal earnings report that I wanted to nerd out about for a second, which is them basically admitting that the quality of the users they brought on during the pandemic weren't so great. They maybe showed up for one-off purchases, but they aren't staying as long as um, they want or even using the company as much as they should. So 
Alex, what's your read on that for other fintechs? Because customer acquisition costs, even though I'm not a fintech reporter, is the word for them. <laughs> yeah, customer customer acquisition costs or CAC, if you're in the know, um, is essentially how much you're paying to bring on new users to your platform. And companies will really pay quite a lot. They'll spend a lot of money on marketing and direct outreach and so forth because individual fintech consumers or users can be quite valuable. If I move my direct deposit to Chime and begin to use my Chime debit card all the time and use other Chime features, I I can generate quite a lot of revenue from myself to for time so they can afford to pay this amount uh paypal had really great growth in terms of users in the pandemic era but the company said today as Natasha points out that essentially maybe about 15 to 20 million of those are going to roll off this year and essentially aren't going to count and that creates quite a headwind for the company to generate net new accounts and so when the company discusses its growth in accounts this year it's dealing with this like essentially like sliding sand beneath its feet that it has to kind of overcome and for startups, I'm curious what percentage of their user growth during the pandemic is going to end up being the same. Like how many of these yeah. users that companies brought on will stick? I, we don't know, but we'd love to. So if you do know, equitypot at techcrunch.com. <laughs> Before we move to Alphabet, I want to bring up Marianne's point, um, who can't be here right now because she's working on something else, but she has a fintech newsletter that you should 110% subscribe to. Um, she was saying that PayPal might be starting to, I mean, PayPal's purchase of Venmo is proving to be detrimental to its original business, which is one of the hottest takes I've seen all week. Um, and, and, and my read of it is that is she's basically asserting that PayPal acquired Venmo and now Venmo is all it's known for. So its original business, you know, is no longer getting the attention or more so the revenue that it should. Um, am I missing something there? No, I'm just thinking it through. I mean, Venmo is, is, is a really amazing product. If you think about it, like I can send money to people for no cost. That's amazing for me as a consumer, but it generates, you know, probably a lot less revenue per transaction than other parts of the PayPal world. And so I, Marianne's point is, is there possibly some cannibalization of the kind of broader PayPal, um, you know, product set or product revenue, if you will, by the Venmo purchase and the success of that particular product. Um, we went through the earnings transcript before this little chat to find out what we could about Venmo's revenues because the company Sweet. Uh, didn't actually kind of report those, Natasha, in its uh, earnings slideshow, if you will. So yeah. according to the the chat, I believe that Venmo had about $250 million in revenue in the fourth, in the fourth quarter out of over $6 billion. So it's a pretty modest chunk, given how important it is as a consumer service. And I think that goes to show that usage and users in the fintech world do not often correlate to revenue, as you might expect, given that different products in the fintech space have enormously variable price points and kind of take rates, if you will. I'm, I'm writing about a fintech company, which is out of my comfort zone tomorrow. But this conversation's making me get on the phone with her again later today, <laughs> just so I can like double down on if all that impressive user acquisition um, and how she's kind of defending it in case it goes away. But anyways, let's move on to our second earnings report. I think like the age old question in startups is like, what happens if Google builds it? And so <laughs> Alphabet earnings in that way are interesting to me. Um, you've been paying attention to them, Alex. What do we know so far? Well, you know, how PayPal reported earnings and then was punched in the face? Well, Alphabet had the other version of that. They reported their earnings okay. and were given kind of a flower crown and like one of those chairs on sticks that people carry people around in. What are those called? Isn't, isn't it done growing? Like, 
<laughs> Isn't it like a thing it's, already? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not done growing. Uh, Google's <laughs> revenues of 75.33 were better by about $3 billion than expected. Uh, the company's earnings per share were several, several dollars per share better. The company announced a stock split um, and cloud revenue beat expectations by $70 million. YouTube posted... Uh, I think it was $8.6 billion in revenue in Q4, which is a number that I can't really fathom. I think YouTube does Same. like more money in a quarter than like the music business is worth in a year or something like that. It's an insane amount wow. of money. Right? That's that's actually an exaggeration, but it gives you a sense of scale. Uh, and the Wall Street loved it. I mean, the stock has done very, very well today. And I think it's kind of given a shot in the arm to tech companies who have been kind of, uh, you know, under the hammer for the last couple of weeks. Do you think it hits differently because of PayPal and the last week? Like, do you think we're more excited than usual or are the numbers actually that great? I think the numbers are are very strong. And I do think they, quote, hit different, as as people say. <laughs> I, I love Sorry. that phrase. No, I, I get slightly... Henry's on here, so I had to, like, use my lingo just to just to annoy him a little bit. If you don't know Henry Pickabet, <laughs> he's one of uh, one of TechCrunch's finest. And uh, it's a stickler for the English language, um, which we like to tease him about because why not? Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, it hits different, if you will, because Netflix really struggled. And obviously, PayPal had a struggle session in its earnings report. And we have seen, as TechCrunch has reported quite a lot since kind of, uh, I guess, early December of last year, a rapid decline in the value of technology company value. So like essentially software stocks have seen their multiples compress quite a lot. And then comes Google, right? Or sorry, Alphabet. But like, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's like it's Facebook, not Meta, but it's actually Meta, blah, blah, blah. And I was just blown away by this earnings report. It was just super, super strong. The only thing that I can say that stood out to me was the fact that Google Cloud remains a bit more unprofitable than I expected. But at the same time, Google is, sorry, Alphabet is fighting in third place after Azure and AWS. So it probably needs to spend that much. But it just goes to show that it's not cheap if you're not the leading player to compete in the public cloud space. But overall, Natasha, just super great. And as we know, like YouTube ad revenue wasn't something that they always split out. Now that they have, and we have some historical results, what can we take from there? Well, what we can take away from that is the simple fact that all those pre-roll ads work. My question is, is it possible to put any more ads in YouTube? Because it's, it's actually, I think, getting <laughs> to be worse than not. cable. You should actually, people should be listening to our equity episode that landed today about the creator economy because we unpacked how much advertising is infiltrating our lives, but also how much it may be needed. Can I? Because creators are just screwed over always. Can I, can I do a side rant just for like 30 seconds? We can cut this mm-hmm. out if we actually podcast this. Please. All right. So Natasha, have you heard of a show called Ghosts? Mm-mm, okay. I haven't. It's a British show. Originally, there's an American version that just came out. It's 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 a really fun show. It's like the ultimate what I call couples compromise content. Like everyone's there's a journalist in the show. Um, different ghosts. Maybe different ghosts. Okay, never mind. <laughs> this, this is the the quirky. We inherited a house and it happens to be haunted with silly people storyline. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. It, it, it it's tons of fun. Anyways, uh, my spouse and I have watched the British version and we're trying to watch the American version and we're trying to find a place to watch it without several minutes of advertising every five minutes of show. Because I'm not going to lie, my time is worth more money than watching another like pharma ad about old people and how their bones suck. Like, fuck off. Leave me alone. I don't need this. And so we were like going from like one service to the other. Like we pay this one. Maybe there won't be ads. And there were still ads. How dare you? How dare these companies who got fat off the reigning age of cable try to force advertisements down my eyeballs when I'm already paying them? Fuck off. All right, back to, back to work. Alphabet. 
No, I mean, I think the takeaway then is that startups should n- not use ad-supported business models. That is the hottest and unheard of take we've had on Twitter all day. Except for TechCrunch.com, which has fine advertisements, and you should click yes. on them as often as you can. Click away, my friends. Click, click, click. Click and mute our podcast and replay it on in the background while you shower. And this is um, this is the stuff that we cut out of the podcast. <laughs> and this is why Twitter spaces are funny, because you get to hear all the random bits. Um, back to topic, though. The Google Cloud numbers are important. The YouTube numbers are important, but it's the aggregate picture that Google Alphabet does show in terms of demand for advertising products, I think shows a relatively strong market for really just tech services in general. I'm quite impressed. I want us to end by, I guess, like rewriting our stories from last week about the party being over and how startups should be reacting. Like if we had to distill a headline or a takeaway from seeing like two different reactions, what would we say? I wanna, I'll make you go first so I can think. Yeah, I want to bring in Netflix, though. I, I, I think it really does matter. And we've also seen declines in the value of DoorDash, uh, Robinhood, and a lot of companies that really did enjoy what we might call, kind of uncouthly, a strong COVID. Dude, the pandemic era was good to them for one reason or another. Of course, the pandemic's been awful for the species, but like for some businesses, it has been a shot in the arm. Those tailwinds do seem to have dissipated to the point in which we are kind of back to the old steady state for a lot of metrics. For PayPal, it might be net new user growth, et cetera. For Netflix, mm-hmm. they actually pulled forward a lot of demand and now they're seeing slower uh, new uh, customer ads. And so to me, the, the, the lesson here is if you were riding high before, you're probably not riding as high now. Throw that in with some venture capital conservatism kind of creeping in the edges. I, the party's not over, but like the lights have been turned on and you're seeing all of your drunk friends like in full light. And you're like, oh, this isn't so good. I should go home. That's where we are. <laughs> I love that. I think the only thing I'll add is like the small silver lining for companies is you can like kind of rely on what you're seeing more either it's from whether it's like investors telling you what your valuation should look like or how sticky your customers are. If you can bet on it not being like kind of this overnight increase, but like a slow, steady increase that feels more stable. So I'm unsurprisingly excited for stability to enter our lives again. And even though PayPal did shed a lot of its value, I won't be surprised if we, um, I don't know if we see it regain it, but more than that, if we, if we see fintechs, not, you know, shut down overnight because PayPal had one bad earnings report. Uh, we're recording this at four twenty-three PM on Wednesday, which means that uh, meta earnings just dropped, AKA Facebook, AKA the big blue app, AKA Instagram, baby turns out, uh, they didn't do very well. Natasha, guess how far currently, as we speak, this moment, oh, no. Facebook stock has declined in after hours trading 23 minutes after the close. 15%. 22.4. Not bad. That's all. That, I mean, not bad at my guess. Oh, yeah, your guess, bad for your, your guess was medium good. It's all about me. <laughs> the result is very Titanic iceberg coming together for a meeting discussion kind of thing. Um, we're going to go figure out what the hell just happened to Facebook. <laughs> Alex, thank you for unpacking that live with us. For everyone listening, one, thank you. And two, we'll be doing more of this. Um, We're getting on equity. We're getting on Hopin to do live shows starting on the 10th and then happening every two weeks from then. So go to techcrunch.com slash events slash equity dash live. We'll tweet it if you can't understand that, but do it. Our other podcast found will also be there. So TechCrunch podcast live are fun. See you there. Yeah, please come because uh, we're going to do them. And so it'd be more fun to have you there. So hugs. Thank you. 100%. Bye guys. <laughs>